You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Morale is high. We'll talk to Warren Moon, Hall of Fame quarterback. I believe the only player in football history to be in the Canadian Football League and the Pro Football, the NFL Hall of Fame. Does that sound right? Because Joe Theismann's not in the NFL Hall of Fame, but I'm sure he's in the Canadian Football League Hall of Fame. But I'll get some of my best people on that. But I think he is the only player who was in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and the first undrafted quarterback to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, Paulie. Does anyone know where the Canadian, besides Canada, where the Canadian <laughs> Hall of Fame? They may I know. not know. Where is the Canadian Football Hall of Fame? What town you think? Winnipeg. Saskatchewan. Ooh. That's up there in Alberta. <laughs> Ontario. Edmonton. Um Vancouver. Nova Scotia. Toronto. It's connected to Montreal. It's connected to Tim Hortons Field. Great donuts, by the way. Mm. Hamilton, Ontario. Oh. Back to you, Dan. Okay. Oh, that's where Johnny Manziel was. Hamilton. The Thai Cats. He All right, was, Hamilton. He was almost in the Hall of Fame, the Canadian Hall of Fame. Did I tell you I saw Hamilton twice? Oh, no. <laughs> original cast. Yeah, the original cast. No big deal. <laughs> it's in no Canada deal. now. It's on Amazon in July. They're showing a video of it. We can finally get Seaton to sit down and the enjoy the history. I'm You're going to... I promise you, Seaton, <laughs> you, you may not admit it to me, but yeah. when you watch Hamilton, I think you'll love it. No, I, w- I, I will watch it, and I will give you my honest okay. opinion. All right. And I want your wife's honest opinion, too, because I value that. Oh, yeah. Well, she hates musicals, so she might then, you know what? But she loves music and she knows music. She does. She and she does. knows rap and she yeah. knows, you know, so I'm welcome to the program. The Already. <laughs> <laughs> I love when you do that. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the program. Uh, it's uh, hour one on this Tuesday. We'll talk to Warren Moon coming up. Michael Wilbon, who's going into the Hall of Fame, the Broadcasting Hall of Fame with uh, yours truly and Tom Verducci. That was supposed to be this summer. It's next summer. So the class of 2020 gets inducted in 2021. So Wilbon, on loan from Pardon the Interruption, will join us as well. Players quickly rejected the latest baseball proposal. I hate to waste your time on it. You know, we talk about this. It feels like we get an update, a new proposal, counterproposal, and it's every couple of days. I don't know what's happening. And then it feels like that deadline is, well, they better get something done by the end of this week. And then next week we'll say the same thing. They better get something started. Okay, look, I, I've covered these lockouts and strikes before, negotiations, and they're always, they're, they're, they agree on just about everything. And there's always the money aspect. And you say, well, that's a big deal. And it is, but they sort of know where the sensitive areas are. And then they still have to get a sign-off from health officials to be able to pull this off. Because you're not going to be quarantined in Orlando You're going to be playing all around the country here. Baseball, tap me on the shoulder when you got some information here because it feels like it's this, you know, this verbal game of ping pong that's played between the players and the owners. We don't care about the money. We couldn't care less about the money. We just want to know. It's like, I don't care about the labor pains. Just show me the baby. All right. Show me the baby and I'll get you a nice gift. I cared about my wife's labor pains. I really did but I don't care about baseball's labor pains. NFL announced a new series of guidelines for getting back to football. Teams 
will have some work ahead of them to rearrange the buildings. The lockers now have to be six feet apart. And any meeting that you have with more than 20 players is supposed to happen virtually. People have to wear masks inside the facility. The strange thing is that even if they keep the players apart off the field, it's going to be hard to keep you apart on the field. And maybe they can stay six feet apart in the locker room, but what happens when practice starts? And they are working on a face mask. And I talked to somebody in the uh, medical community who works for the NFL, and they said they were looking at, do they do shields? Do they do an extended face mask here for protection? I don't know if anything's been tested out yet. And the NFL is not alone because baseball issued a 67-page safety document. We don't even know if they're going to play, but they, have a, they took the time for a 67-page document. The NFL has time on their side, and they're going to be learning from these other sports. You know, golf is coming back. You're starting to feel a little bit more confident with hockey coming back. Golf, I mentioned, you're going to have uh, college football, it feels like, getting teams on campuses with workouts here. We're making some progress here, and the NFL will be able to wait. Uh, they're going to have that time on their side here. But baseball, trying to get, you know, you got a 67-page safety booklet, booklet, but we can't get any closer to any resolution on how many games we're going to play and how much we're going to pay these players. Are we going to be able to go see the games? There's so many, there's so many boxes that are unchecked here. It's almost silly to even go down this road with baseball and go, well, let me try to troubleshoot this. I got no answers on this. I truly don't. And the scary part is, I don't know if baseball has any answers on this. This program brought to you by LegalZoom. Visit LegalZoom.com today to take care of some important things you need to get done. LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. I saw where Dalvin Cook wants to be paid. He's the uh, great running back for the Minnesota Vikings. He becomes a free agent next spring, and he wants a big contract because he probably looked around and said, wait, you're going to pay Christian McCaffrey that? Now, he says this after the draft and after free agency. So strategy on his part, I think, was strong. I don't think this is going to work out well. This might be the second coming, a younger version of Melvin Gordon. Because when Gordon was holding out with the Chargers, I said, this isn't going to end well. Not going to end well. The Chargers will not budge. They did not budge. Melvin Gordon now plays in Denver. He's coming off a trip to the Pro Bowl. In 14 games, he had... 1,600 total yards from scrimmage. That's the 10th best in franchise history. So what did the team do in the offseason? You know, they extended Kirk D. Cousins' contract. He had one more year left. Dalvin Cook has one more year left. But McCaffrey signs that four-year $64 million deal. Alvin Kamara is going to want to get paid. Aaron Jones of the Packers. Derrick Henry, they're looking for their own paydays. And I don't know if any of those guys are going to get it. Cook's best chance to get paid is now. So he's two months away from his 25th birthday. And he did have a wonderful season. But he's been injury prone. He wasn't a first round pick. And it feels like they have a backup. But, you know, I was looking at Dalvin Cook's numbers the second half of the season. He was averaging three yards a carry. Now, I know that their success on offense is predicated on play action. You know, when that defense needs to think that Dalvin Cook is going to get the ball, Kirk Cousins should be giving Dalvin Cook some money. 
Because Kirk Cousins needs Dalvin Cook. Because if that defense thinks that you're going to run the football, you have play action, Kirk Cousins can be successful. But Dalvin Cook is not going to get paid. You know, strategy-wise, do you just play that last year, continue to put up good numbers, show that this past season wasn't a fluke, but running backs are not going to get paid. I think Christian McCaffrey is kind of the... um, the unicorn here. I just don't think you're going to pay. I don't know what happens to Saquon Barkley in his second deal. You know, even Derrick Henry, as much as how he was as valuable to his team as any other player in the NFL was last year. Certainly in the postseason, you saw that. I'm just going to franchise you. And I might franchise you twice, and that's it. If I can get seven years, six years out of my running back, I feel blessed. Because the Vikings have a backup. What's, he's got a presidential name. What's his name? Alexander Madison? Alexander Mattison. Mattison. He averaged 4.6 yards a carry. Yep. Dalvin Cook averaged 4.5. There's always another, there's another running back waiting in the wings who's younger with fresher legs. Yes, McLovin? You know what that name Alexander Madison reminds me of? Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> you know, I saw it twice with the original cat. Yes. All right, uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Yeah, I, I, you know, Dalvin Cook is a good running back. Is he going to be a consistent running back? I don't want to tie my running back. I don't, I don't want to have a running back for four or five years. And Christian McCaffrey is, that team is not good, and you're going to show up to watch Christian McCaffrey because he had an unbelievable year, one of the great years in NFL history for a running back as far as catching the ball, running the ball. They were pedestrian last year. Your success with your running back doesn't translate into wins and losses. And really, that's what it comes down to. It's the harsh reality of it's no longer and has not been a running back league in a long, long time. Yeah, Paul. And if you look at the Vikings did exactly the right thing with Dalvin Cook. They found a feature back in college who slipped to the second round. They paid him nothing. He worked out pretty well. Now they can move on. Look at the second round of this draft. DeAndre Swift of Georgia, second round. Great pick. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin, second round. They will cost their teams basically nothing for their three- or four-year career and just keep doing it. It it sucks for Dalvin Cook. And if you had 15 years ago a draft board, those guys would have been first-round picks. Jonathan Taylor would have been a top-five pick probably. But it just – the. The sport has changed right before our very eyes, and it's about wide receivers, offensive linemen, edge rushers, and, of course, your quarterback. Running back, although the Vikings do need Dalvin Cook and need him to play well because they have play-action pass more than any other team in the NFL last year. And if you don't have that dual threat or that possibility of a threat at running back, then you're just going to tee off on Kirk Cousins. And you just extended him. They gave him, I think, what, one more year, $30 million for Kirk Cousins? Dalvin Cook won't even make that. He wants one-third of that. But if you're going to pay him 16 it's just not going to happen. You know, maybe you franchise him. Maybe. I wouldn't. I would be like, thanks. Here's your parting gifts. If I can get a running back for four or five years, maybe I franchise him one time. I tag him, and that's it. Yeah, Paul. You almost wish running backs could get some type of uh, bonus where if they run for 1,300 yards, they get $3 million. That's like a league-wide bonus for the But then they would complain about their touches. Right. You can't do it. I know. Because then you'd be like, wait, we're throwing the ball again? Come on. 
They'd be in the huddle going, wait, what? what? Yeah, McLovin. I mean, look how bad the big deals have gone. Todd Gurley, disaster. Um, Le'Veon Bell, disaster. And I think Elliott's not been good. They can't sign Prescott. They're throwing all this money at yeah, the running back. I didn't understand the Zeke Elliott extension. But, but Jerry Jones does take care of his players. Except and, one. Well, maybe he gets around to taking care of his quarterback. You know, the Steelers were smart. James Conner was not Le'Veon Bell. But if you can put him in, and what you're paying him was, what, a million dollars? Were they even paying James Conner that? And Le'Veon Bell wanted, what, $16 million a year? I mean, it's a no-brainer. No-brainer. Yeah, Paul. James Conner is going to make eight hundred and twenty-five grand this year. All right. There you go. Do you see the pictures of him working out? Weird. His... It, it looked like, you know, if you have a, a, a big bird that spreads its wings and you go, his back, was, it, it looked like it was five feet wide. He looked massive there. Also, great video where he gives his dad a truck. I saw that as well. And that's he's been a great story. Will he hold out too? He's the same year, I think. I, I, I have no, I think you have to understand where the Steelers, each franchise is different. You know, it feels like there are certain owners who just cave in. You know, Jerry Jones, it feels like he eventually gets around to paying everybody. Steelers, they'll draw a line. They'll draw a line in the sand with that. So I don't know if James Conner, James Conner may say, hey, you know what? I'm going to show you again. I get that feeling that that's the kind of player he is. But Dalvin Cook, not showing up for any workouts. And is he going to hold out? Certainly feels that way. Yes, McLovin. What one player I think would really hurt Alvin? The Saints wouldn't feel like the Saints without Alvin Kamara. They need him. You love. loved him from the second he stepped on the field. It's weird when I first heard his name, and this was a, a somebody in the NFL, and he goes, "Get ready for the Camaro." So he had his name wrong. I thought he was talking, so I didn't know what he was talking about, <laughs> and I said the Camaro, and I thought, well. Okay, like an IROC, like nice. like a, a 69 Rally Sport Camaro? And then he goes, no, Camara. I go, you said Camaro. And he goes, it's Camara. And he goes, he'll, he's a first-round talent and nobody knows it. And I went, okay. And then I watched the draft and all of a sudden, I think he went third round. I go, oh, that guy, that's the Camaro. He's going to be great. And I was like, I have no idea. Yeah, McLeod. Wasn't he like a backup at college? Yes. And he didn't run a fast 40? Yeah. I still don't understand how it all works. I had no idea. But this is a friend of the show who, you know, said this to me and said, this guy's got first-round talent. It's almost like uh, Arian Foster. Because remember, when he was at Tennessee, I don't think he started, and we weren't quite sure who he was. And then he got into the NFL, and you go, he's just a different player. It's weird how there are guys who aren't as good or consistent in college. They get to the pros and then vice versa. And Kamara and Arian Foster were both like that. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, back at Tennessee, it was Kamara, Jalen Hurd, and John Kelly. And Kelly, they thought, was going to be the star. I think he may have gone to the Rams, but I don't even know if he's in the league. They had, they had a bunch of running backs. Tennessee always does. And they just kind of split them up. So did Tennessee have, they had Arian Foster and Kamara? No, not no, at the same time. Arian Foster was a few years back. Yeah, but I'm just saying they had, Checking. like the depth that they have. It's like Georgia running backs, that there's always depth at that position. What kind of poll question do we have today? Well, I wanted to ask, I mean, I, we've asked it before, but do you think MLB will have a season? Oh, I can't do this. All right, we don't have to, but okay. I, mean, I, can, I, just, I can annoy I, you even I, more. I Okay, I would just say yes, because I, I just... 
think that there's too much money here and they'll eventually come around to playing. Uh, yes. Like they're, we're going to have a baseball season. Okay. Um, I could save it or I can start driving you crazy with the ESPN all NFL draft. Our question was, who would be your first non-quarterback? Okay, explain this to me, because when you came in today, you know what, we'll take a break, because I, I remember you saying something about, well, Aaron Rodgers is not on the list, but this is the top 50 player, or that pro football focus. That's pro football focus. You told me about that. I don't know where, okay. where you heard chatter about that. That's insane. Okay. And then ESPN drafted, everybody's available for this draft? Right. ESPN, NFL Nation, their group of reporters did an all-NFL draft, like a fantasy football draft, except not with just fantasy. And this would have been with this year's draft order with every player in the NFL? Every player, yep. So Cincinnati's on the clock, and they get Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. Okay. I assuming you would go that direction. I mean... Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. I, Cincinnati would pass. <laughs> they would trade the pick. All right, we'll take a break. 18 after the hour, a lot to get to. Uh, Warren Moon will join us a little bit later on, and uh, Michael Wilbon on loan from the mothership. Back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern, or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. McLovin was all hopped up on this when he came in. And he knows that I hate lists. ESPN had a draft. So they used the draft order of this past draft. But you could draft. Everybody in the NFL was eligible to be drafted. So Cincinnati, the number one pick takes Patrick Mahomes. Washington, the number two overall pick, taking Russell Wilson. Detroit would take Lamar Jackson. The Giants would take Deshaun Watson. Aaron Donald goes to Miami. Ronnie Stanley would go to the Chargers at number six overall. Joey Bosa to Carolina at seven. Drew Brees to Arizona at eight. Dak Prescott, nine to Jacksonville. Nick Bosa would go to Cleveland at 10. Carson Wentz would go to the Jets at 11. Vegas would get Aaron Rodgers. Indianapolis, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady would go to Tampa. Drew Locke would be the 15th overall pick, and he would go to Denver. Now, wait a minute here. Are these the writers for these teams selecting for their teams, McLovin? Yes, indeed. Okay, it's already flawed. Drew Locke, 15th overall. So Drew Locke is going before Matt Ryan, Kyler Murray, Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, Khalil Mack, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, Matthew Stafford, Tyreek Hill, Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Come on. I mean, and maybe Drew Locke has a breakout year. He better because they finally got him some weapons there. But, you know, I hate list. What am I supposed to take out of this, McLovin? Well, someone doesn't like, what is the anti-Aaron Rodgers campaign going around? They were 13-3 and three last year, the Packers. I know his numbers went down, but he's 12 in this list. And he's not, as you mentioned earlier, he's not even pro football focuses top 50 players. Okay, but this has to do with age here. Because I'm looking at all of these players, except for Russell Wilson. I mean, most of these guys. Well, Drew Brees to Arizona does not make any sense at all at eight. Yeah, Tom Brady's 14. Yeah, but that's the Tampa writer who's taking Tom Brady there. Five-year window is what the yeah, list yeah. is supposed to go Yeah, on. Tom Brady should not be in the top. He shouldn't even be on this list. 
Why Aaron Rodgers? What is he? How old is he? It's five years left, doesn't he? Uh, he's 36. 36. Explain to me the pro football focus. I enjoy the website, but I don't understand the website where they're ranking the top 50 players in the NFL. Are they ranking it off of five-year window? Are they ranking on value to their team? Because this is what I don't understand. Check where Tom Brady is on that list. Is he 15? Yeah, Glovin. Hold, please. I believe so. I have their explanation of why Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I got this document here. All right. The NFL's 50 best players entering the 2020 season. Uh, Let me see. Uh, It's a product of evaluating every player on every play of each NFL season to produce. uh, List is not about how valuable players are, but rather about how good they are, regardless of position. A guard, a cornerback, even a receiver running back, just as good a chance to appear on the list as a quarterback. So Aaron Donald is number one. Okay. Patrick Mahomes is two. Julio Jones is three. Quentin Nelson of the Colts is four. George Kittle of the Niners is five. Michael Thomas, six. Russell Wilson Jr., the third, seven. Lamar Jackson, eight. DeAndre Hopkins, nine. Christian McCaffrey, ten. Drew Brees is 11. I don't get it. All right, we continue. Stefan Gilmore. J.J. Watt. I don't know if I'd put J.J. Watt there if we're looking at are we looking at a window here, health-wise? Um, Richard Sherman of the Niners is 14. Fletcher Cox is 15. He's good. Yeah, right. Chris Jones, 16. Bobby Wagner, 17. Khalil Mack, Travis Kelsey. Where's Brady on this? 24. List? Okay. Tom Brady is 24th on this list. Aaron Rodgers is not on this list. If I said to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, world, would you be interested in trading Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady straight up? What do you think Tampa Bay says? They say, hell yes. I can get Aaron Rodgers now over Tom Brady? He's six years younger. Hey, I love Brady. Love him with the Bucs. But if you said to Bruce Arians privately... I can give you Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. I'm guessing it's it's a no-brainer. But Rodgers not in the he's not in the top 50 for a team that went 13 and 3. It you're starting to get the feeling that the storyline is Aaron Rodgers is part of the problem, not the solution. It feels like that is being not forced out, but certainly trickling out, leaked out that he's part of the problem. You know, teammates looking at his leadership. Remember that story? And then they went 13-3, and three, and then nobody, I haven't heard anybody, former teammates say, well, you know, he's not a leader. Okay. I mean, he played with a damaged knee the entire season. I didn't hear anything about that. Then you draft Jordan Love. Well, uh, the writing's on the wall for Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's just a weird feeling with Aaron Rodgers. I don't get it. He still, now they're not a 13 and 3 team, but I th- still think that he can play at a pretty high level. And then I had uh, a scout tell me, well, I know you like Rodgers, but he does protect his stats. And I said, what do you mean? 
this interception, touchdown to interception ratio is really important to Aaron Rodgers. And I said, well, it should be important to every quarterback in the NFL, shouldn't it? Shouldn't Jameis Winston care a little bit more about the touchdown to interception ratio? Because he'd still have a job in Tampa if that was the case. I would think touchdown to interception ratio. And what I was told is Rodgers won't take chances. He's He doesn't, you know, want the interceptions to pile up. And I go, but wait a minute, isn't that? <laughs> I'm confused here. He doesn't take chances because he doesn't want to throw interceptions. I said, that doesn't make sense. I, I'm guessing avoiding an interception is a good thing. But hey, I'm old school. Maybe I don't understand the new philosophy, the new analytics. Yes, McLevin. I saw it in Philly. All th- Donovan McNabb would not throw a catchable ball because he didn't want to get it picked off. He would throw it low and make the receiver make a play. It's it, a lot of quarterbacks. Wait, wait, like wait, that. wait. How many NFC title games did they go to? They went to four or five, and Philly fans. Well, he he had a style that was like Rodgers. Like he he definitely threw the ball away a lot. He, it was all about ball control, which worked great. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Brady's the same way too. He never so, throws a pick. So what if you throw it away? You know, know. Favre Favre threw over 300 interceptions, right? Yeah. Because he didn't throw the ball away. They won a lot, though. I mean, you can can make an argument for forcing in. Green Bay has two Super Bowls in the last, what, 30 years with two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Favre, and and maybe you just say, well, look, uh, Rodgers didn't take chances, doesn't take chances. Favre did, and they both have one Super Bowl. Okay, I mean, I guess if that's your argument. But I don't know why throwing the ball away, that you're going to protect your numbers, you don't want to have interceptions. I would think that'd be a smart thing for a quarterback to throw it away. And look, what's his completion percentage? What's Aaron Rodgers' completion percentage for his career? It's probably huge, right? Yeah, I'm going to guess it's pretty good. But I don't, I don't, if you said to the Buccaneers, you can have Aaron Rodgers now, you, you get him for the next five years, you want Tom Brady, you're taking Aaron Rodgers. If you said to Arizona, you can have this draft with ESPN has Drew Brees going to Arizona at eight overall. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. If I'm Arizona, I'd rather have Kyler Murray now than Drew Brees. Hot, 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 hot. Yes, Paul. Aaron Rodgers has never led the NFL in completion percentage, yardage. He's led the league in touchdowns once, but he's led the league in interception percentage. I mean, in a good way, lack of interception percentage. Oh, it's not even close. Four times. Yeah. I mean, and his numbers. Are... Career-wise, he's the leader. Yeah. Overrated. Start sharing the ball, Aaron, with yeah. the other team. Yeah. Yeah, McLovin. Uh I'm speaking from Philly here, but having Carson Wentz below Dak Prescott made a lot of people in Philadelphia mad, considering the Eagles have made the playoffs and the Cowboys haven't. Well, who would you take? I take Carson. Okay. Uh, but it's really close. Yeah, it is. And they're in this list, you got Dak Prescott going nine, Carson Wentz going eleven. It, you know, health issue. Dak Prescott doesn't miss games. Carson Wentz does. And his style has cost him a little bit here. Absolutely. But you know, you lose me here when you have Drew Locke as the 15th overall pick out of every play. So he's the 15th most most valuable player in the NFL right now? Well, it's all QBs. What if you took out the QBs? Who would be the, like, if we went around the room, who would be the number one consensus? If I took quarterbacks out? I would, I would start with Aaron Donald 
or or Bosa. I think, yeah, Paul. I think or I would Stephon go- Gilmore too. Aaron Donald's twenty nine. He's a great twenty nine. Mm. I think I go Quentin Nelson, the offensive lineman. He's twenty four years old and he's the best lineman in the league. Yeah. You figure you, uh, it's a safer position. You got ten years of all proness. I don't have him in the top thirty. Am I missing something <laughs> here? I don't. How about that? Quentin Nelson in the ESPN pick, the only lineman who went in the first round, I believe, was it's Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley. Yeah, that's position probably. But but where is? I, I, Quentin Nelson is 77th on this list. Guard. This is stupid. But by the way, all these players, you, I said the Rams are going to win the division. Everyone's like laughed at me. Like Aaron Donald and Quentin Nelson, these guys don't make huge win impacts. It's all the quarterback. We only talk about, like, who's the other guy we just met? But we were saying take away the quarterback. Yeah, but like it proves like Aaron Donald, nobody thinks he's going to lead the Rams to the playoffs. So it's like, how about, I don't know. Like, is he really the most valuable guy if he doesn't make them that dangerous? All I know is... Andrew Luck had maybe his best year when Quentin Nelson was drafted. And that would have been the reason why you would have thought Andrew Luck would have continued to play. That's how good Quentin Nelson is. Right, but the, the offense did nothing when it was Jacoby Brissett. Like, he couldn't, you need, you know, he could They run the ball down your throat. Were they really a dangerous offense, though? No, but, but they didn't have a great quarterback. I mean, it, you have to have a lot of other things in place. I need to have an offensive line. That's where we're going to start. We're going to find out if Tom Brady's going to be successful, that offensive line better be a little bit better, a lot better than they were last year. You can have all these weapons. You know, Tom's going to be throwing like three-yard outs. They're going to be quick hitters here. And this is a team that loves to throw the ball down the field. Yeah, Paul. If they're both free agents and hypothetically the same price, would you rather have Quentin Nelson, the guard, or George Kittle, the all-pro tight end? How old is Kittle? Kittle's like 27. I got Kittle at 26 years old. Okay. Two, uh, he's a year and a half older than Quentin Nelson. It's a tough one. I would take Kittle. I'd take Kittle. Nelson's a guard. If, if Nelson was a tackle, then I, I might... Then I I might look at Quentin Nelson. But doesn't Nelson block guys like Chris Jones and Aaron Donald and uh, Fletcher Cox? Yeah, but you got to have the guy who protects the edge. Yeah, I mean it's. Let's put it this way: if you said you're taking Kittle and I get Quentin Nelson, I'm fine with that. We both win. Yeah, yeah, McLovin. The thing with Kittle is you got to guard him with like three guys. He he disrupts a deal. Like you got to watch Kittle. Yeah. Yeah. So you could argue that that makes him a little valuable. Yeah. Well, Aaron Donald, you're going to have to have at least two guys on him. Kittle, you're going to have to have two guys on him. You know, there's certain players where it's not just one guy that is going to take care of this guy. You're going to, he's going to disrupt either the offense or defense. Yeah, it's McLevin. I always remember how you tell that story about how TCU ran away from, or ran at Watt. Like, yeah. you, you can take out a non-quarterback by avoiding them. To, like, Dion, no one ever threw a Dion. Mm-mm. But that was always the interesting uh, philosophy. When I watched TCU against Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl, and I went... They're running right at J.J. Watt. Andy Dalton was running right at him because great players pursue. That was always what teams did against the Vikings and Allen Page. Allen Page was so athletic as a defensive lineman that he always caught up with you. But if you ran at him, then you had better success, which seems you know, kind of counterintuitive. Like, let's stay away from that guy to let's go right at that guy. And if you look at the number of plays where... Andy Dalton would just read J.J. Watt, and he would run. And Andy Dalton, that's when I looked at Andy Dalton and go, he's, he's a first-round talent. 
Now, he went in the second round, but I thought he's a first-round talent because that was one of the great game plans executed. Yeah, McLevin. Like, how about an offensive lineman? If you're playing the Colts, don't you try to avoid Nelson? Just blitz on the other side or something? I don't know. That's the problem with the non-QBs. You could try to avoid them. Yeah. Although Nelson is pretty damn good. You're right. I, I hate these lists. At least I had to put Michael Jordan as a top college basketball don't player. Don't even start with that. Don't even start. And we're not going to talk about Russell Wilson, number two. Did Paulie write that pick? That's like a no-brainer. Russell Wilson's the second most valuable guy. In the league, doesn't he give an average team a chance that you don't need a ton of talent around and you're still in the ball game at the quarterback position? Yeah. But uh, is this the five-year window one? ESPN yeah. is the five-year window? Then I wouldn't have Russell Wilson Jr. the third as uh, the second pick overall. He's 31. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have him. Although he strikes me as he's going to be able to play into mid-30s, maybe late. And and he's done a pretty good job. He gets hit a lot, but, you know, he's doesn't get injured a lot. Yeah, Paul. He, did, he led the league in being sacked last year, yeah. Russell Wilson, 48 times. But he also had the second-best statistical season of his career. He had 31 touchdowns and only five picks. What am I missing here with Drew Locke? People are all about Drew Locke. Yeah, he won at the end of last year. They drafted Jerry Judy, who somehow fell to them. Yeah. I don't know. It, Look, it just felt like he was one of those quarterbacks that if he had come out the year before, then we would have looked at him and went, okay, I get it. And then he stayed at Missouri, and then I watched. Because then it was like, oh, I got to watch this guy. And then I would watch, because usually those games were on at you know, noon, and you would watch him and you go, he just, it's like Jordan Love. Jordan Love got all this hype and then everybody started watching, but he got, had great numbers when he had a good supporting cast. Then he lost a lot of his offense. And then all of a sudden, you know, here he goes back down. But Drew Locke had an unbelievable year, and then all of a sudden he regressed. Yeah, McLovin. That was a dig, saying Missouri is a noon team? You're throwing in there with <laughs> Indiana and Maryland and Kentucky? Uh, well, they can't start at 11 o'clock, so that's <laughs> just saying. They're just saying. Maryland? Yeah, welcome to Maryland football. It's noon Eastern here. Welcome to the Terrapin Football Network. Yeah, Paul. Dan, you're correct. Missouri is more of a noonish team because you know they got that uh, 3.30, 3 o'clock p.m. CBS SEC window. Missouri does not get a lot of run there. No, they don't. No. Yes, Todd. The jury's still out on him, but you got to love that youthful enthusiasm that he was bringing. I know it's uh, I'm all of a sudden I'm talking because it's the Broncos, but you got to give him that. The way he finished off the season, the way he rallies the troops, there's some leadership uh, ability there. You know, you look at the Jay Cutlers of the world. This guy's uh, he's got a little something. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Take a break. Play of the day up next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. During the uh, commercial break, we were talking about Missouri football. And if you didn't know, and maybe you still don't know, Missouri's in the SEC. It just doesn't feel like they're in the SEC. Like Rutgers in the Big Ten. And then we thought, well, who's Missouri's rivals right now? <laughs> what, are, what are those must-see circle the calendar date that Missouri's going to be facing Iowa State? Well, yeah, cla- Arkansas. Don't, don't forget about that one. Uh, That's a classic battle. Uh, Their rivalry games here listed, it says, are Arkansas, Kansas, Illinois, Iowa State, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. 
Yeah, Paul. Dan, I remember as a toddler, my dad running me down to Champaign for that Illinois-Missouri matchup, the old slopping bucket or whatever it was called. And what a great... No, nobody went to Illinois-Missouri. Nobody... It, you know what's unfortunate about this, too? It's uh, Their Wikipedia lists the rivalry games, and then it says, like, uh, Arkansas, uh, you know, Kansas, whatever. It'll say Nebraska. Nebraska leads this series 65-36. to 36. <laughs> Oklahoma leads this series 67-24. to 24. <laughs> Those aren't rivalries. <laughs> so we're talking about Missouri. Are they a noon team? Yeah, they're a nooner. Their, their first nationally televised game of the year was 11 a.m. Central against West Virginia last year on the Deuce. Mm-hmm. Then you, you can mix in a little... Uh, uh, you got to go ways down. They did have a 7 p.m. Eastern versus Ole Miss on the deuce. Mm. And then the biggie was uh, Sacrificial Lamb for Georgia in November on the ESPN Mothership at 7 p.m. Okay. Yeah, McLevin. I'm reading on the history of how Missouri ended up in the SEC. So Texas blew up the Big 12 because they wanted a TV network. And Missouri yep. wanted to go to the Big 10, but the Big 10 never invited them in. That's what uh, they openly lobbied. Would they be better as a Big 10 team? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Somebody in chat row just said Rutgers plays football. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> technically. Yeah. Remember, they, remember they put when a team they, out there. Remember when they had that really big win on ESPN? Was it? Uh, it may have been versus Miami uh, at home, and they're showing skylines of New York, even though New York's nowhere near Rutgers. Yeah. Brian Leonard was a running back. I yeah, remember that team. Brian that Leonard, was awesome. Yeah. Great. They, no, they had two good running backs. Oh, had, Ray had, Rice. Yeah, they had two thousand yard rushers. I think it was Ray Rice and yeah. Mike Teal at the quarterback position. Mike Teal. Yeah. Good pull. Thanks, bud. Good pull. Rutgers football, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever we want to talk Rutgers football, I go right to Paul. But you know what else bothers me is Texas A and M doesn't belong in the SEC because no. the SEC is a Southern conference and people in Texas they don't consider themselves the South. They consider themselves Texans. Texas should not be anywhere near the SEC. It should be in the Big Twelve or their own conference. Yeah. I remember when there was that fallout with the Pac-12 and who was joining and, you know, was Utah going to be in and Colorado going to be in and what other teams were going to be in? You know, it it felt like there was some real upheaval there. Yeah, McLevin. By the way, I just got a second. Guess the last time uh, Missouri was number one. 2007, Chase Daniel led the number one Well, you didn't, you said guess when and then I didn't get a chance to guess. The question is, how many years had it been before that in 2007 that Missouri had been number one? They were number one in the country? They were number one. With Chase Daniel on the cover of SI, they lost Oklahoma at like week 11. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, you guys don't remember the Chase Daniel Missouri run? Oh, my God, that was huge. They were the number one ranked team in college football in the country. Yes. And apparently the time before that was 1960. So they had a 47-year drought of being number one. Mm. You guys don't remember Chase Daniel couldn't be beat and he was over millions of. of yards? Sort of. Yeah. Which led us to today's poll. <laughs> what is the I'll poll have, question? I'll let Pauly do the honors because... Well, it all circles back to the first segment where you talked CFL football. Whose career would you rather have? Career backup who made a lot of money but really didn't play football, Chase Daniel in the NFL, or you could be the greatest CFL quarterback ever. The greatest. Damon Allen or... Uh, no, because the greatest quarterback ever is somebody that you don't know. Right. But you were... You played... You actually played... And in Canada, you're you can't walk the streets. What's the guy? God, I don't know what his remember. Rocky Calavito? No, Anthony Calavito. Anthony Calavito. Yeah, doesn't he have like sixty thousand yeah. passing yards? Yeah. He's got all the records, but nobody knows him. Yeah, Chase Daniel preseason games outrate the Grey Cup by fivefold, probably. <laughs> I I would take oh. Chase Daniel. 
Yeah, you should look at the ratings. Like a preseason NFL game probably blows away the Grey Cup. Is Chase Daniel the greatest preseason quarterback he of is. all time? He, he is. I think he's the most prolific preseason quarterback <laughs> of all time. Uh, they don't keep perfect stats. They but don't. He's unstoppable. Uh, Warren Moon, who played in the Canadian Football League and a Hall of Famer, is going to join us coming up. And in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The first undrafted quarterback to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. When I watched him play at Washington, I, th- I thought he was spectacular. And then he went undrafted. And then all of a sudden he goes to the CFL and he lights it up up there. Marcus Allen's brother. He was great up there as well. All right, one hour in the books. Two more to go. Michael Wilbon will also stop by. More of your phone calls, 877-3DP-SHOW. Twitter handle at DP Show. Say good morning to our radio and TV partners. Back after this.